Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Around the Hearn. To be honest with you, I was out of town for a couple of days, had some games, and didn't have a ton of time to put this out on Thursday like normal, but kind of works in a good way because I was able to get some different information from some things going on, high school football games canceled in the last couple of hours, golf results going on as the district and state level in the last couple of weeks in the uh, tournament and in tennis as well. Talking about the guests, though, this week I'm excited to have three very different guests with three terrific interviews. Lance Morris, the Sports and Program Director at WFOB and WBVI up north. He does a lot of BVC games. Talks about uh, all of that. We talk about places that have been challenges for us during COVID, more so for him than I, uh, to call games from. Brett Newell, the uh, volleyball coach at the PCL champion Olympic Vikings, Coming off a big win on a Tuesday night, 3-2 against Miller City to uh, clinch the league. They've won 17 straight before they head into the playoffs. And uh, the challenges that his team has faced with COVID and everything going on. And the uh, girls soccer coach, the uh, WBL champion St. Mary's Rough Riders for the fourth time. Nick Wilson also on the show. They beat Defiance 9-0 the other night to clinch the outright WBL they start their tournament run next week against Van Wert. Those are the guests for this week. I'm excited and then had great conversations with each one of those three gentlemen. But it's a look at the local news and notes, and nothing bigger right now than the uh, tournaments getting started in every sport. You look at the OHSAA, they came out in the last couple of hours and said that they want to decide where the regional finals will be held for football at the end of the month. Seems like a good idea. It's only two weeks away. Uh, they said the home team or the better seed, better seed or a neutral site. It's just dependent on which one of those that they want to go with, but they're supposed to have that finalized as COVID itself, though, has taken over with at least four games in the area. The breaking news in the last couple of hours was that Perry will advance due to the uh, COVID cases at Edgerton. The winner of that one will get either Patrick Henry or Hope Loudon. Lima Central Catholic got their uh, news a couple of days ago that Delphi St. John's has a, a case of COVID coming through uh, the entire town of Delphi, really. Both Jefferson and St. John's have been affected by it. Walpaw-Canetta had to bow out of their game, and Elyria Catholic in the last day decided to forfeit uh, their matchup. It's a 4-13 matchup to 13-ranked Oak Harbor. So that's... Uh, not good news, and uh, hopefully things slow down. People wear the masks and just kind of do what they need to do. Bluffton University was supposed to have a game tomorrow night in Indiana against Trine University. That got canceled because of the travel restrictions between Indiana and Ohio right now with the notes the governor has put out in the last couple of days here in the Buckeye State. So now it'll be Bluffton who will play next Saturday against Adrian. That game was initially closed to nearly everybody, but it's, according to Twitter, going to be open for students and faculty. Congratulations to John Cook. He was just on this show recently, not only talking about his podcast, but he now the new boys basketball coach at Ada. Turning to the world of golf, Fort Loramie shot a 350 today as a team and set an eighth place at state as I taped this in day number one of the uh, tournament going on down there. Alan East, Zach Miller went six over on the front nine today. He's currently on the back nine. St. Mary's boys, they finished third at the district, just missed qualifying for state. And Elitis Carson Harmon qualifies as an individual with a uh, 77 up in Finley a couple of days ago. World of Tennis, shout out to the uh, Bowling Girls, the doubles team at Bath. They're going to uh, state next week as a duo in tennis. Volleyball has Fort Lormie's Maya Maurer. Got her 2,000th assist a couple of nights ago in the uh, win for the Shelby County Athletic League champions and the Redskins. Sits just 186 from a new school record. Continental product and Ohio Northern University star Alex Huffle. She's now playing in the uh, Polar Bear Cup Series in Ada. Helped her black team to a win over the orange team. Got a goal and the only goal 
in her team's one nothing win. Talked about St. Mary's girls soccer. That's coming up here in just a bit, as we'll hear from Nick Wilson. And, uh, again, another coach we just had on, Coach Megan in Knoxville, beat New Bremen in uh, three sets a couple of nights ago. Bremen actually ended up losing uh, two straight matches. They lost again on Thursday. But the outright champions of the Midwest Athletic Conference, they beat Marion Local last night, clinched at least a share of their first since 05 in their first outright crown. Soccer polls in the area, Division II boys, Shawnee, the Western Buckeye League champs, ranked number 11 in the state of Ohio. Bluffton in Division Three, the highest-ranked team we've got in the area in soccer. They sit at number two, the 30-0 and all-time. NWC champs won their sixth straight. And Botkins, team I just got to see in person last night, they beat Spencerville 17-0. The WOSL champs for the sixth straight year, ranked number six in at Division Three. Girls soccer rankings, the WBL champion Rough Riders sit number nine in Division Two. They get their tournament started against Van Wert next week. Bath coming off another big performance last night. They're ranked number 11 in D2. The Anna girls still hanging out in the top 10. Number eight in Division Three. They've been up there all season long. And the Liberty Benton Eagles at number 11 in D3. Volleyball polls, three teams in the area ranked three of the same teams that have been ranked all year. Tenora at number 19, Liberty Benton, BVC champs, 43 straight wins in the Blanchard Valley Conference. They're ranked number eight in the Western Buckeye League champs and the Ottawa Glendorf Lady Titans sitting at number one for the fifth straight week. Division four is going to have some shakeups next week. New Bremen is number one right now. Knoxville, though, knocked them off. They sit at number two, likely to be crowned number one. Division four, Fort Loramie is number four, the Shelby County Athletic League champs. Marion Local at number five. Lincoln View, the NWC champs, at number nine in D4. St. Henry at 10. Rushi at 11. The PCL champion, Lipsick Vikings, at 17 straight wins. Number 15, Riverside, comes in at 19 in Jackson Center. At number 20, that a look at everything going on right now in the area. A lot of things still in action. I'll talk about next week with golf and tennis and volleyball and soccer, the tournaments as well. A lot of... Uh, great games. I know we're doing a lot on Z Sports Live, both Z Sports 1, 2, and 3, and WZOQ Radio. Next week, you find that at ZSportsLive.com. But so many great area stations covering things. WSN's got a game running all the time and on their live app. And I've uh, been a part of that a handful of times. You can watch Wednesday night's boys' soccer game, Spencerville and Temple Christian from uh, Memorial Field in Spencerville on the uh, WSN app and hear the audio from Z Sports 3. High school football coming up here in just a couple of hours. A lot of big playoff matchups still to be had. One that I'm looking forward to, St. Mary's, is at home as the Rough Riders on K94. Starting at 6.15 in just about three hours. Have a date with Franklin for the fourth time all-time. And if it's anything like the first two matchups the last couple of years, they are going to be in for a battle because last year it was a goal line stand that determined that game in a 14-10 win for the Rough Riders at Franklin. A couple of years ago, the Rough Riders hung 55 on a fast-paced offense for the Wildcats. I'm looking forward to it, as well as tomorrow night, you've got Ottawa Glendorf in action getting their tournament run started. You've got uh, Kevin Peel on 106.3 The Fox with that one. I believe it's also on uh, WSN as well. And uh, here, you can hear on K94, the Coldwater Boys taking on a triad. All of those games going on. Find a station, support your local team. High school athletics, there's not really anything like it. When we come back here from this break, you'll hear from Lance Morris, then Brett Newell and Nick Wilson as we continue on. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this show called Around the Hearn. 
Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kissel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Back now here on Around the Herd, talking with the Lance Morris. That's at the Lance Morris on Twitter, the reason why I make that up. My question to you is, was there a different Lance Morris that you had to point out that you were the Lance Morris? There must have been, given I've had, I don't know how many, I've had a couple different Twitter handles at this point, so I think... There must have been a different Lance Morris for me to add the D at some point before that. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because it's one of those things where, especially for you coming out of college and stuff, you start thinking about branding and how when you become a public figure, so to speak, with being an an information portal, that how do I stand out that way? And usually putting the is a pretty good way to go. Yeah, I think I think I did that in college because I know I changed it like I said, a couple different times. So I think I probably landed on that, I want to say probably freshman or sophomore year of college. I was going to say, I felt like it had BG in it at one point. I don't think I ever had BG in mine. Maybe I know just some everybody else. Were with it, yeah. Yeah, it seems like a Kevin Peel thing to do. <laughs> Definitely was. Um, but uh, you've had kind of an interesting road because you go through college and you actually get your start in high school, which is something that I'm super jealous of. But... Uh, it leads to what could be a big weekend, kind of a homecoming for you this weekend. Yeah, so I had, like, very brief interactions. <clears throat> of course, I have to clear my throat as soon as I start talking for that. I had some brief interactions with radio as far as when I was in school. They had, I forget the exact name of it now, but we had, like, a little, kind of like a hometown little internet stream sort of deal that uh, did our games. It was Alan Singler and uh, John Segura that both uh, both had kids that were around my age when I was in school, too. So it was parents I had known for a while, and then uh, John Segura was one of, one of my baseball coaches in high school, too. So I had a little bit of exposure to it. I kind of knew I wanted to do radio at that point. I, I shadowed uh, Norm Waymer when he was, uh, when he was in Toledo uh, my sophomore year of high school, and that was that was when I really got the bug because I had, I had sports, of course, on my mind from a very young age. Soon after, you know, in high school, it was like, yeah, this ain't going to go much further than this. So that was, uh, was kind of when the radio started for me. I went back and uh, did one basketball game with, uh, with those guys when uh, my first year out of high school. And that was, that was one of my first ever games. I think it was actually my first ever actual game broadcast. And then I did my first college broadcast so you a few weeks after that when uh bg basketball uh, took on eastern michigan so i think yeah i got got that little exposure in high school and then uh certainly after that it was it was uh i guess smooth sailing in one way of putting it until i got to college <laughs> right it's just the easier way yeah i mean that's like you know taking your first pitch fastball from nolan ryan and then all of a sudden being like all right like what else do you got you know let me let me try something else <laughs> Oh yeah, that 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 would that would be kind of kind of my foray into starting radio was doing it, you know, at the sort of those ground levels, so to speak. You know, internet radio is you know one of the lower ways of getting into radio. So kind of you know doing a little bit of that, then evolving, so to speak, to do college radio and then some different internships after that. And here we are now, and I've been uh, I've been here at this station since uh, 2016, shortly shortly after graduating college, in fact. I can tell you that one of my favorite things about you is, and I watched nearly every one of these games because I am a super late-night person, but (laughs) right before that where you got to go to Alaska to call games for the River Chinooks Mm -hmm. in the Alaskan Baseball League, 
How the heck does that even come about? <laughs> so for that, so BG, I don't know if they're the quite the same pipeline as it was just a few years ago when I was in school. Uh, but oh, you're I, the old guy now. Just a few years ago, yeah. back in my day. <laughs> right. Well, I say that just because. Uh, so I was in I was in Xenia the year before with Athletes in Action doing games for them. So they have Athletes in Action has a bunch of different teams across baseball, football, all those different sports. They have kind of at least some team in some way, shape, or form around the country for uh, the different like, college summer leagues and things of that nature. So I did it. Uh, for Xenia, the Xenia Scouts, uh, I did that my going into my senior year of college. So I had just finished my junior year. I applied kind of actually for the Alaska spot before because they were like, hey, we have teams in Alaska, Ohio, and New York, and then we send one team that's like a mission trip sort of thing. They went to the, the year I did it, so that year in Xenia, they went to Puerto Rico. And, you know, you have you have those guys. And I, I, I so I was with Xenia that, that summer going into senior year and i i loved my time in xenia i had an awesome host family the guys on the team were cool i was i was with uh with one of my guys terry lash was uh, the guy i did games with and he also went to bg so it wasn't like i was going into a situation where i didn't at least know somebody i at least knew him going into that and i loved it so much i was like you know i, I think i think i want to do this again next summer i want to i think i want to try and you know recapture whatever we did this summer and so I like send my send my thing to the guy that I did it with uh, the year before, one of the guys at AIA, and he's like, you know, Alaska doesn't have anybody going back if you wanted to go to Alaska. At that at that point, I kind of already had my foot in the door with them. We already saw you for a year. We already know what you can do. We we know you can do that. So I'm like, yeah, let's let's explore Alaska. Let's let's think about that because I mean I I had thought about it that year before, but then. So many things had changed in my life from the summer before senior year to then that little part during senior year. So it was kind of a kind of a lot to think about, lots to digest. And so I knew I was going to actually go to Alaska. I think that September. So it was pretty early on after finishing everything with Zini because that ended like the start of August, something like that. So it wasn't wasn't too much of a downtime in between. But I knew. Knew I was going to go to Alaska that summer, and we had uh, different BG guys that had done it a couple summers before that. So that was that's why I say BG kind of has that that little pipeline. Well, Garrett Mansfield was there uh, for two years before I did it with the Chinook, so I followed him in that line. Uh, you mentioned Kevin Peel; he was there the summer before I was. So was Kyle Howard, and we had another BG guy, Andrew Schneider, was there before I was there, and was there the same year I was there. And uh, we had another BG guy with uh, the Miners, Jordan Swick, with uh, that summer. So, yeah, there's, that's why I say there's kind of that BG pipeline into Alaska. And I don't know if it's still as good as it was, you know, just a few years ago, even though I was not in college that long ago. It's kind of funny. You mentioned Athletes in Action, and it's such a terrific complex that they have there in Xenia. The one time that I was able to do a game there, I did a semi-pro game uh, with the Lima Warriors, and it rained so they could not provide me a uh, a vantage point or any kind of press box to do anything with. So I took a recorder and basically walked around the sidelines the entire game doing the game and played it back in post. And I laugh now thinking about I didn't even remember that until you were talking about them. But uh, isn't it amusing kind of the things you will do to get a broadcast on the air? Oh, oh, I mean, I mean, just going back to the Xenia part of it. So I obviously was there for baseball. So I spent, spent a lot of my time with just the baseball area. But some sometimes we got to explore some of that other stuff you mentioned. And it's funny when uh, when I was there. So I don't know how often they do it, if it's a yearly thing or if it was just kind of luck of the draw. Uh, but Tony Dungy did a little seven on seven camp the year that I was in Xenia. So I didn't get to meet Tony Dungy, but I got to see Tony Dungy <laughs> at this seven on seven. So I wasn't able to, wasn't lucky enough to get that face-to-face -face meeting with Tony Dungy at that point, but it was a, a big seven on seven with a bunch of teams from some, some of them were from Ohio. Like I know Middletown was there, but I don't remember a whole lot of other Ohio teams. Cause I know there was like some Indiana teams some Kentucky teams and some of those other teams from, you know, the, the southern states, you know, just beneath Ohio. So it was 
it was cool to be in that kind of interactive environment. And because of course it also wasn't something I really signed up for, so to speak. I was there for baseball sort of things, but we did a couple, a couple different uh, mission type things where we just, you know, volunteered and did stuff with area kids and things of that nature. So that was one thing. Uh, one of the other cool things I got to do in Genia that was completely unrelated to the field, but you mentioned rain and I know rain for me. And that has happened, you know, a couple different times to football and things of that nature. But I was doing the Cary North Baltimore. It was the district finals game. It would have been three years ago. It was, it was Levi Gazerick's sophomore year and they made, they won that game and Cary, Harry was an awesome team. They were undefeated at that point. They were looking to roll. And then North Baltimore was like, hey, by the way, you're not going to beat us. <laughs> it rained that entire game. When I say it rained the entire game, I don't mean it sprinkled. I mean it rained from the moment I got there, from the moment the game was done. And I did not have a tarp. I did not have any of those things. I had towels and a hope of goodwill that my equipment would not die. And that was pretty much what I went off. You know what's kind of funny about that is uh, I generally keep so much stuff in my trunk that makes no sense to anybody else. But mm-hmm. I uh, I found a couple of tarps. We're cleaning out my in-laws' house, and uh, I found a couple of tarps, and I took them. My wife just kind of looked at me funny, and I was like, "You don't you don't know? You never even know what crazy <laughs> thing I might need this for." So I'm gonna go ahead and take this. <laughs> it's you. You learn when you, you're on the road a lot. You need a table, a chair, so a lot, a lot of extension cords, and well, maybe a tarp, just for the heck of it. Yeah, I, de- I definitely need to. I, I, my trunk is full, but not full of the things that would help me in a broadcaster sense. So I definitely have a definitely have some purchases and some things I'll need to find or borrow from people, so to speak, uh, as uh, as time goes on. Because some of those things are. Definitely some uh, helpful additions that would that would help me if I uh, get in a pinch like I have, you know, a couple different times throughout my you know young career. And we talk about games. You're doing uh, sports and programming for WFOB and WBVI, and doing a lot of uh, BBC games. What actually kind of sparked my thought process on having you on this week was before we went on, we were just going back and forth about different places that we've been lately, and some things that have had to change because of COVID and places we've had to broadcast from maybe a little bit different than normal and you (laughs) you topped anything that I've had because I'll be (laughs) honest I've been very lucky with doing St. Mary's football and being their designated radio station we're given uh, a higher priority than when uh, for instance like you guys and Z Sports Live where when you don't do one team every week they tend to look at you a little bit differently when you try to get into places and I think you might have an all-timer with the last picture you sent me. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, kind of before I even get to that, it's been, yeah, mixed mixed bag would be the way I, I would call it because it's not even that we're switching teams every week with doing different BBC games. It's that all these different facilities have different levels of just press box space and availability. So it has led to... So I've done, I've done, you know, a couple weeks of games now, obviously. I've been in, I would say, two actual press boxes through seven weeks of games. I've been in the sideline. I've been behind an end zone for most of the other games. One time I was on top of a press box, but it was at LB. So that was, that was a good facility to be on top of a press box, so to, so to speak. Cause it's, it's just like its own level. Just, you're not completely protected from the weather but you are protected from like rain so you if it's cold you'll feel the cold but aside from that it's a good a good way to look at and call the game but yeah so a couple couple weeks back i did the liberty benton and macomb game it was at macomb and they have they do have they are one of the facilities in the bbc that actually does have actual press boxes on both the visitors and the home side the home side is of course bigger but they do have a visitors press box but because of covid spacing and things of that nature they did not have anybody any radio in the home side or the away side so i walk up to the gate as i typically do i figure i'm on the visitors 
outside somewhere, whether or not I'm in the press box, usually a different question, but with COVID, I'm definitely a lot more open to all these sorts of things. And he's like, Oh, I got to go do something. You'll be in the school. I'll be right back. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I did vocalize this, but I'm like, wait, I'm in, I'm literally in the school. So we went up to the school. We were on the third level. So the vantage point itself was all right. But when you are in a school, there's the obvious size of the desk that is an issue. Because <laughs> as you may know, I am not a small human being. And the guy I broadcast games with, also not a small human being. We were not going to fit in any of those desks. Whether we were going to try or not, we weren't going to try. Luckily, there were two chairs of teachers there that were, you know, regular computer-type chairs you might find in an office. Matt and I both sat in those, and I made sure to mark where both of them were so I put them back properly. We then had, we had free reign to more or less do whatever we want. So we had that part going for us. So I moved a couple desks around to be like different tables for equipment and different things of that nature for my prep sheets and things like that. But the problem with the schools is the top parts of windows in most of these schools for, you know, fun purposes and security purposes is blacked out. So if I were to stand straight up, I would be looking literally at a wall. I would not be able to see a thing. If I were to sit down, I was looking through a window view, which was okay, but it would fog up because it's a window and <laughs> it didn't have ventilation if I were to view it that way. And if I were to open the window, my view is then much, much harder to see out of. And I then basically had to, I had to kind of do a happy medium. It probably didn't help my back. I had to basically stand up while hunched over to look through the crack in the window for my absolute best view so I could get the air and still see the actual game because I could see things from that vantage point. It wasn't, that wasn't the issue. It was just getting an actual view from the vantage point. That was an issue. But Matt and I, uh, so we were, we were, you know, a little upset at the situation, but we have to be safe. We have to put the game on. There's different things you got to do in the world of 2020 with COVID. So we, we made, made the best of it. It turns out that that, uh, that room was a government room. So it, it was, we kind of turned this into a storyline with uh, Macomb because they were starting to use Kayvon Bailey as a running back more. And usually before this game, really, he'd only been a wide receiver. And with the way Macomb, likes to run their offense usually they are more of a ground and pound team than throwing the ball through the air and he's one of their best guys you know maybe get him the ball more so i then went went to matt and this was the start off the second half so we had you know just finished halftime we had had our water breaks we had our bathroom breaks we were you know ready to go for the second half and i make the joke of pounding the drums for you know pounding the drum they should pound the drum give the ball to Kayvon bailey well we were in a government room they happened to have a gavel with the little plate thing. <laughs> so I said, Matt, I think uh, think you might need want to use that. I think that's how we're going to come back to start the second half. So we literally had him grab the gavel, sanitize it, of course, grab the gavel, use it to make his point, re-sanitize, place back where it was. So I'd say that's definitely making the best out of that situation. It's funny. You wouldn't think props would come into play, but I did that too. <laughs> the last uh, handful of weeks, I started referring to a kid as a train because every time he went through, he just left everything in his wake. And uh, it's sort of become a running joke where I eventually changed his name to the conductor was his nickname. And so I have a little train horn sounder every time that he runs a dude <laughs> over that people listening are probably like, what is going on? If you're not having fun, what's the point in doing it has always been my thing. Um, we, I know Matt's done that in the past. He'll like think of the different car names for, different brands and I, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head i know uh, that the macomb team a couple years ago he referred to all the different running backs as different sort of sports cars so that's that's another thing that it doesn't have quite the sound effect nature right. to the thing but i think i think a keegan low was keegan the deathmobile low no <laughs> that one came to my head so he's he's been known to use uh, use things like that to kind of emphasize the skill level of some of these guys You've got two games coming up this weekend. What are you doing? 
This weekend, I will be at Arlington when they host Eden tomorrow night on Friday, and we will then have Northwood hosting Van Buren on Saturday night. So, got two uh, two separate occasions of BBC versus the Tack. It's you know different uh, different sort of thing just for me as someone who went to Northwood because of all all those things that of course implies because I, I know the the disrespect that the Tack has had over you know my course of my years both you know now calling games and then when when I was playing and it's always been all oh, the Tack things the tax things well if eden is able to beat arlington which is a very good football team one of the best teams in their region in division seven and if van buren is able to beat northwood who is unbeaten and has steamrolled everybody it would kind of then say yeah the tax is not as great but in the same vein if the bbc is you know as good as we think it is one of the better leagues in ohio then it has that if the TAC, you have Eden able to win and Northwood both able to win, then it's like, yeah, maybe the TAC isn't great, but those two teams, it's <laughs> really something. Well, I wish you uh, the best luck with setting up and uh, with the broadcast this weekend. Thank you. It should. I know, I know I'm going to be in the back of an end zone at Arlington. <laughs> I think I'm supposed to be in the visitor's box at Northwood. Well, for the reasons I already said, be a little a little interesting for me just because I think I've been to the visitors section like once, maybe twice in my year. So that would be, would be interesting to call an entire game from that vantage point to say the least. At the Lance Morris on Twitter, you can find out exactly how this goes on and uh, find the broadcast links as well. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. Always, always, always love talking the craft of broadcasting and all the, other behind-the-scenes stuff we get to go out, go out and do. Be sure to give him a listen coming up this weekend and back with more here in just a few. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Talking high school volleyball now in the Putnam County League Championship, the ninth time that it is resided in at Lipsick in the last 10 years. Coach, uh, you look at this and uh, talking to Brett Newell, you have had... A terrific season, obviously, so far, but we just joked about it right before we went on. You had to have felt your emotions just being played yo-yoed with. The first set, you lose 25-5. You win the next two sets, 25-18 on Tuesday against Miller City. You lose 25-12, and then you win the fifth set, 15-8. That's about as odd as you could draw that up. Yeah, it's definitely a game of errors and mistakes, that's for sure, but the first set, we couldn't do anything right. We spiked about nine balls out of bounds. Um, we got beat 25 to 15. It sure felt like 25 to 5, but we couldn't do anything right. And then finally, the second and third sets, we were able to hit the ball. Um, then the fourth set, they were able to hit the ball. And then the fifth set, we just started out. We got to about a 4 to 4 tie. And then we went on a little 5 6 point run there to kind of space it out a little bit. Oh, that one's on me. I misread the newspaper that I'm reading. Definitely yeah, says 25 to 5. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> it was 25 to 15, but it sure felt like 25 to 5. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. They asked somebody about it. They said, well, you know what it felt like. But it is, it is a credit to what Miller City has been able to do in, in kind of building up. And I know a lot of people talked about this, and I wish that – obviously we talk about this a lot, but things were different because I know that Jim would have been – just completely packed to the gills, standing room only. But it's uh, two communities that would have loved to dig into that one, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Last year, they, they beat us in the district championship game last year over at Napoleon, and that gym was jam-packed over there as large as that stadium is. And and I know Thursday would have been there. Tuesday would have been the same way had, had people been able to go. And, and we sold all of our tickets that they gave us, and they sold all the tickets that they gave their players. So... I know a lot of people were live streaming the game to watch it that way, so at least they could do it one way or another. How has this year been for you differently? I mean, you have a team that is obviously very close. They've won 17 in a row, but 
you've had to change maybe your approach a little bit or, or how you deal with the girls with all of this or how does that work? We're, we're kind of on a day by day, week by week basis here, you know, back in early September, we had a couple of students here at school test positive for COVID and, you know, 15 of our volleyball players got quarantined. So, you know, we're missing, we're missing half our squad there for, for 14 days, um, you know, to bounce back from that and, and win 17 games in a row is a, is a credit to them for sure. Did you notice they were any different? I mean, obviously they're depressed because of everything that's going on, but I've, I've seen a lot of those girls in different sports and you have obviously a very resilient group. I think they're just excited to play. Um, I think the the reality of them missing their spring sports kind of really got to them. And, and I know that they're very thankful and excited that they're just able to play. Um, and when you win, it helps too, you know, with their excitement and their energy level. But I just see, you know, their attitudes are very positive this year. They all get along with each other. Um, and I think part of that is from, from missing that spring season. I think they're kind of not taking it for granted. It's interesting you say it that way because Andy Schaefer was on last week and he said sort of the same thing. He felt like his team was closer because with uh, the online learning and not being in school, like you're saying, missing the spring, maybe that they just appreciate being able to see anyone that's not anyone that lives in their house. Yeah, we you know we remind them that you know when we have our team meetings and things, think about how thankful we are just you know to play this year and and like I said previously how upsetting they were for their spring sports season to be missed but we remind them that regularly how you know we could be done next week we could keep playing you know we don't know what the quarantine issues with students at school are we have kids getting tested at school regularly um so we're just we're we're thankful we are where we are i've yet to figure this out and i've done enough lipstick games whether basketball or uh, volleyball over the years to where it just seems like you have an edict that you have to have two six-foot girls up front. Where where do they come from? I, I don't understand where you get all these girls at Lipstick. It's been like that for 20 years around here. Um, I started my coaching career here at the junior high level here back in 2005, and the varsity at that time had, you know, six-foot, two-inch girls, and, and they've had that height, and, and sometimes more than one player like that, you know, for the last 15 years it's been like that, so... It's really fortunate to have you know some height uh, at our, in our program. It's it's just funny every time I look at your roster when it comes out every year when I get it from Gary. It's all right, five ten, six foot, six two. Wait a minute, I've seen three other rosters that don't have anyone approaching that. How is this happening? Yeah, we're very fortunate. You know, we we go six foot five eleven, six foot, and like I said, I don't know, I don't know why, but I'm thankful those girls are on my team. But you've had a terrific front line. Obviously, Liz Shekelhoff at 13 kills and four blocks the other night. Peyton had at 24 digs. But how about your serving game? Ava Henry has done a terrific job this season. Yeah, she's our she leads our team in aces. She leads our team in service points. You know, freshman coming in for us to be a right side hitter for us and serve. And she's done a fantastic job. She's probably 95, 96% server on top of that. So, we know we're going to score points when she's back here serving. Do you get to take any kind of solace or any kind of credit for Ottawa Glendorf's success, given that those girls have come out of your coaching tree? Um, no, I no, not at all. Those <laughs> those girls play club volleyball, and I'm thankful that they play for the club that I that I'm the director of, and I think that really plays a huge role in their success. Is by them playing volleyball during the off season that really. That really, you know, excels their game for sure. You can tell this year how you know, all them girls are, are dedicated themselves to volleyball and, and play club volleyball, and sure shows this year. Well, I'm just kind of figuring that since you coached both the uh, head coach and the assistant at Ottawa Glendorf, that somehow, I mean, you got to get you know like a quarter of a win or something every time. Yeah, no, I don't get any credit for anything. I don't need it. If they don't do well, you probably take the blame though. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's just funny how that works out. But you think about the tournament, you get the bye coming up, uh, you get the top seed, you get to play at home through at least the first round. You get Van Leeuwen, North Baltimore. What does that mean about the possibility of your first, at least your first three rounds, the way your sectional is, of getting to play at home, you're familiar, you go through your normal routine, obviously a little bit, uh, about an hour or so earlier, but to just – 
kind of business as normal as far as your game day stuff goes. Yeah, we had our first tournament game be next Thursday, and we actually had a we had a game get canceled that we were supposed to play tonight with Convoy Crestview. Um, they had to cancel that game on us, so we actually scheduled um, another game for next Tuesday since we had a bye. That way, we don't have a full seven days off without a match. So we're going to play Minster next Tuesday, kind of be a little bit of tournament prep game for us. Then we're going to play Van Lu or North Baltimore on Thursday. And then the following Tuesday, Thursday, hopefully we're still alive and playing at Lipstick as well those nights. And, of course, you look, I mean, you don't, because I know coaches go one game at a time, but the other side of the bracket, uh, there's the possibility of having Miller City at home again. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of parity in our district this year. There's there's honestly about five teams that could win that district, and I wouldn't be shocked or surprised on any of those top five or six teams coming out of that district just because of the inconsistency of some of our teams. You know, there's on any, on any given night, every team is capable of winning and every team is capable of losing. And you know, we've seen that plenty of times this year where you know we'll lose twenty five to ten, and then we'll turn around and win twenty five to ten. So just a matter of which team shows up with a consistent battle. Is a lot of that with not having, I mean, for football we talk about, for instance, not having seven-on-seven to get ready for the the passing games that are going on, but not having maybe your summer club volleyball and maybe the workouts that you would have normally had, or is it just with everything else that's going on, maybe for five minutes at a time, kids just lose focus? Yeah, I think it's more of uh, we need more time to – improve our live gameplay skills you know like for my team this year we're we have a young team and you know they just haven't played together very much you know they missed out all summer playing in tournaments they missed out march april may club volleyball they just kind of lack that gameplay experience and i think other teams in the same boat um even if they're veteran teams they still need that time to start clicking and get that chemistry built up and play with each other and that's where we're at now just just playing together and playing games. That's what we're trying to do right now is get some gameplay experience for these young kids. No matter how this season turns out, and obviously we hope you guys go a long, long way, but what what will you take away from this looking back at it maybe in a couple of years of, all right, we I mean, we just had to work just to, to get a season. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just super thankful that we, we were able to play 20 games so far this year. Um something that I thought no way this summer we would even be able to play one game, to be honest with you. I was kind of on the fence about even letting us start practice in August, and here we are 20 matches into it with tournament start next week. That's a dang near miracle for me to even think that we're this far. When you look at your bracket as a whole, is there a team on that list that maybe presents the most unique challenge going forward if you were to play them? Uh, well, I can tell you, you know, district semifinal game, we're going to have our hands full of New Eagle. Um, they've got three or four losses against some of the top teams in the state. Um, but I haven't got to see them play. We don't play them. They don't play anybody around here that, uh, that I you can't really go scout them or go watch them. But, you know, checking their scores and their box scores and their stats, uh, you know, that first game of districts, you know, it's going to be tough for us for, for New Eagle. And then obviously if we we're fortunate to make it to the to the district championship game, you know, we're gonna play a Miller City, Pandora, Macomb, something like that, where, you know, we'll be more familiar with a team rather than the semifinal game. At least I guess it, you win against uh, Van Lewer North Baltimore, you get that second game at your place and you're able to at least kind of get a, a leg up on watching them play for the first time. Well, th- originally that's what I thought was gonna happen, but then I found out today that Regal plays Hopewell Loudon, but they're not playing until Saturday now because Hopewell Loudon has some quarantine issues and their kids don't come out of quarantine until Friday. So <laughs> Village HSM has allowed them to have their tournament game at Regal on Saturday the 24th. So I won't even be able to watch that game. That's the second time I've gotten something wrong by reading somebody else's information. Yeah, that was, just, that was just, I mean, I got, a, I got a phone call about an hour ago that they told me that um, Lipsick the winner of Van Lu and North Baltimore plays Lipstick, and that's the only match that night because Hopewell Loudon's going to go to New Regal on Saturday because their girls are quarantined until Friday the 23rd. Wow. It's funny how quickly things change. It's going to be like that, you know, 
every day, every round. You know, I'm, I just got my fingers crossed that we can survive and, until we're done. <laughs> survive in advance this year means something completely <laughs> different, I think. It sure does. I mean, that means the world this year. Well, I know that uh, Kevin the other night had a, a so many good things to say about your team and about how he enjoyed watching them battle against Miller City. Dave's obviously been uh, around a handful of games this year, and I look forward to seeing what you guys can do the rest of the way. Yeah, we appreciate that. That's uh, Lipsick coach Brent Newell back with more here in just a few. There's nothing like the pride of made in America, the good old U.S. of A., the land of opportunity. Right now, Poet by Refining of Lipsick wants your corn. We offer cash, basis, flat, futures, and minimum price contracts. Call Roger, Brad, or Mike at 419-943-9298 or check us out on the web at poet.com slash lipsick. And thanks for partnering with us as we lead the way towards energy independence by providing homegrown, made-in-America ethanol. Poet Biorefining, energy-inspired, ethanol-driven. Back now here on Around the Herd, talking with the Lance Morris. That's at the Lance Morris on Twitter, the reason why I make that up. My question to you is, was there a different Lance Morris that you had to point out that you were the Lance Morris? There must have been, given I've had... I don't know how many. I've had a couple different Twitter handles at this point, so I think there must have been a different Lance Morris for me to add the D at some point before that. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because it's one of those things where, especially for you coming out of college and stuff, you start thinking about branding and how when you become a public figure, so to speak, with being an an information portal, that how do I stand out that way? And usually putting the is a pretty good way to go. Yeah, I think, I think I did that in college because I know I changed it, like I said, a couple different times. So I think I probably landed on that, I want to say, probably freshman or sophomore year of college. I was going to say, I felt like it had BG in it at one point. I don't think I ever had BG in mine. Maybe I know just everybody else. Were with it, yeah. Yeah, it seems like a Kevin Peel thing to do. <laughs> Definitely was. Um, but uh, you've had kind of an interesting road because you go through college – and you actually get your start in high school, which is something that I'm super jealous of. But uh, it leads to what could be a big weekend, kind of a homecoming for you this weekend. Yeah, so I had, like, very brief interactions. <clears throat> of course, I have to clear my throat as soon as I start talking for that. I had some brief interactions with radio as far as when I was in school. They had, I forget the exact name of it now, but we had, like, a little, kind of like a hometown little internet stream sort of deal that uh, did our games. It was Alan Singler and uh, John Segura that both uh, both had kids that were around my age when I was in school, too. So it was parents I had known for a while, and then uh, John Segura was one of, one of my baseball coaches in high school, too. So I had a little bit of exposure to it. I kind of knew I wanted to do radio at that point. I, I shadowed uh, Norm Waymer when he was, uh, when he was in Toledo uh, my sophomore year of high school, and that was that was when I really got the bug because I had, I had sports, of course, on my mind from a very young age. Soon after, you know, in high school, it was like, yeah, this ain't going to go much further than this. So that was, uh, was kind of when the radio started for me. I went back and uh, did one basketball game with, uh, with those guys when uh, my first year out of high school. And that was, that was one of my first ever games. I think it was actually my first ever actual game broadcast. And then I did my first college broadcast a few, few weeks after that when uh, BG basketball uh, took on Eastern Michigan. So I think, yeah, I got, got that little exposure in high school, and then uh, certainly after that it was, it was uh, I guess, smooth sailing in one way of putting it until I got to college. <laughs> right. It's just the easier way, yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, taking your first pitch fastball from Nolan Ryan and then all of a sudden being like, all right, like what else do you got? You know, let me, let me try something else. <laughs> Oh yeah, that 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 would that would be kind of kind of my foray into starting radio was doing it, you know, at the sort of those ground levels, so to speak. You know, internet radio is you know one of the lower ways of getting into radio. So kind of you know doing a little bit of that, then evolving, so to speak, to do college radio and then some different internships after that. And here we are now, and I've been uh, I've been here at this station since uh, 2016, shortly shortly after graduating college, in fact. I can tell you that one of my favorite things about you is, and I watched 
nearly every one of these games because I am a super late night person. But <laughs> right before that, where you got to go to Alaska to call games for the River Chinooks mm-hmm. and the Alaskan Baseball League, how the heck does that even come about? <laughs> so for that, so BG, I don't know if they're the quite the same pipeline as it was just a few years ago when I was in school. Uh, but oh, you're I, the old guy now. Just a few years ago, yeah. back in my day. So, right. Well, I say that just because. Uh, so I was in I was in Xenia the year before with Athletes in Action and doing games for them. So they have Athletes in Action has a bunch of different teams across baseball, football, all those different sports. They have kind of at least some team in some way, shape, or form around the country for uh, the different like, college summer leagues and things of that nature. So I did it. Uh, for Xenia, the Xenia Scouts, uh, I did that my going into my senior year of college. So I had just finished my junior year. I applied kind of actually for the Alaska spot before because they were like, hey, we have teams in Alaska, Ohio, and New York, and then we send one team that's like a mission trip sort of thing. They went to the, the year I did it, so that year in Xenia, they went to Puerto Rico. And, you know, you have you have those guys. And I, I, I so I was with Xenia that, that summer going into senior year and i i loved my time in xenia i had an awesome host family the guys on the team were cool i was i was with uh with one of my guys terry lash was uh, the guy i did games with and he also went to bg so it wasn't like i was going into a situation where i didn't at least know somebody i at least knew him going into that and i loved it so much i was like you know i I think i think i want to do this again next summer i want to i think i want to try and you know recapture whatever we did this summer and so I like send my send my thing to the guy that I did it with uh, the year before, one of the guys at AIA, and he's like, you know, Alaska doesn't have anybody going back if you wanted to go to Alaska. At that at that point, I kind of already had my foot in the door with them. We already saw you for a year. We already know what you can do. We we know you can do that. So I'm like, yeah, let's let's explore Alaska. Let's let's think about that because I mean, I I had thought about it that year before, but then. So many things had changed in my life from the summer before senior year to then that little part during senior year. So it was kind of a kind of a lot to think about, lots to digest. And so I knew I was going to actually go to Alaska. I think that September. So it was pretty early on after finishing everything with Zini because that ended like the start of August, something like that. So it wasn't wasn't too much of a downtime in between. But I knew. Knew I was going to go to Alaska that summer, and we had uh, different BG guys that had done it a couple summers before that. So that was that's why I say BG kind of has that that little pipeline. Well, Garrett Mansfield was there uh, for two years before I did it with the Chinook, so I followed him in that line. Uh, you mentioned Kevin Peel; he was there the summer before I was. So was Kyle Howard, and we had another BG guy, Andrew Schneider, was there before I was there, and was there the same year I was there. And uh, we had another BG guy with uh, the Miners, Jordan Swick, with uh, that summer. So, yeah, there's, that's why I say there's kind of that BG pipeline into Alaska. And I don't know if it's still as good as it was, you know, just a few years ago, even though I was not in college that long ago. It's kind of funny. You mentioned Athletes in Action, and it's such a terrific complex that they have there in Xenia. The one time that I was able to do a game there, I did a semi-pro game uh, with the Lima Warriors, and it rained – so they could not provide me a uh, a vantage point or any kind of press box to do anything with. So I took a recorder and basically walked around the sidelines the entire game doing the game and played it back in post. And I laugh now thinking about I didn't even remember that until you were talking about them. But uh, isn't it amusing kind of the things you will do to get a broadcast on the air? Oh, oh, I mean, I mean, just going back to the Xenia part of it. So I obviously was there for baseball. So I spent, spent a lot of my time with just the baseball area. But some sometimes we got to explore some of that other stuff you mentioned. And it's funny, when, uh, when I was there, so I don't know how often they do it, if it's a yearly thing or if it was just kind of luck of the draw. Uh, but Tony Dungy did a little seven-on-seven camp the year that I was in Xenia. So I didn't get to meet Tony Dungy, but I got to see Tony Dungy <laughs> at this seven on seven. So I wasn't able to, wasn't lucky enough to get that face to face meeting with Tony Dungy at that point, but it was a, a big seven on seven with a bunch of teams from some, some of them were from Ohio. Like I know Middletown was there. 
but I don't remember a whole lot of other Ohio teams because I know there was like some Indiana teams and Kentucky teams and some of those other teams from, you know, the southern states, you know, just beneath Ohio. So it was it was cool to be in that kind of interactive environment. And because, of course, it also wasn't something I really signed up for, so to speak. I was there for baseball sort of things, but we did a couple a couple different uh, mission type things where we just, you know, volunteered and did stuff with area kids and things of that nature. So that was one thing. Uh, one of the other cool things I got to do in Genia that was completely unrelated to the field, but you mentioned rain and I know rain for me. And that has happened, you know, a couple different times to football and things of that nature. But I was doing the Cary North Baltimore. It was the district finals game. It would have been three years ago. It was, it was Levi Gazarek sophomore year and they made, they won that game and Cary, Harry was an awesome team. They were undefeated at that point. They were looking to roll. And then North Baltimore was like, hey, by the way, you're not going to beat us. <laughs> it rained that entire game. When I say it rained the entire game, I don't mean it sprinkled. I mean it rained from the moment I got there, from the moment the game was done. And I did not have a tarp. I did not have any of those things. I had towels and a hope of goodwill that my equipment would not die. And that was pretty much what I went off of. You know what's kind of funny about that is uh, I generally keep so much stuff in my trunk that makes no sense to anybody else. But mm-hmm. I uh, I found a couple of tarps. We're cleaning out my in-law's house, and uh, I found a couple of tarps, and I took them. My wife just kind of looked at me funny, and I was like, you don't, you don't know. You never even know what crazy <laughs> thing I might need this for. So I'm going to go ahead and take this. <laughs> it's you. You learn when you, you're on the road a lot. You need a table, a chair, so a lot, a lot of extension cords, and well, maybe a tarp, just for the heck of it. Yeah, I, de- I definitely need to. I, I, my trunk is full, but not full of the things that would help me in a broadcaster sense. So I definitely have a definitely have some purchases and some things I'll need to find or borrow from people, so to speak, uh, as uh, as time goes on. Because some of those things are. Definitely some uh, helpful additions that would that would help me if I uh, get in a pinch like I have, you know, a couple different times throughout my you know young career. And we talk about games. You're doing uh, sports and programming for WFOB and WBVI, and doing a lot of uh, BBC games. What actually kind of sparked my thought process on having you on this week was before we went on, we were just going back and forth about different places that we've been lately, and some things that have had to change because of COVID and places we've had to broadcast from maybe a little bit different than normal and you (laughs) you topped anything that I've had because I'll be (laughs) honest I've been very lucky with doing St. Mary's football and being their designated radio station we're given uh, a higher priority than when uh, for instance like you guys in Z Sports Live where when you don't do one team every week they tend to look at you a little bit differently when you try to get into places and I think you might have an all-timer with the last picture you sent me. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, kind of before I even get to that, it's been, yeah, mixed mixed bag would be the way I, I would call it because it's not even that we're switching teams every week with doing different BBC games. It's that all these different facilities have different levels of just press box space and availability. So it has led to... So I've done, I've done, you know, a couple weeks of games now, obviously. I've been in, I would say, two actual press boxes through seven weeks of games. I've been in the sideline. I've been behind an end zone for most of the other games. One time I was on top of a press box, but it was at LB. So that was, that was a good facility to be on top of a press box, so to, so to speak. Because it's, it's just like its own level. Just, you're not completely protected from the weather but you are protected from like rain so you if it's cold you'll feel the cold but aside from that it's a good a good way to look at and call the game but yeah so a couple couple weeks back i did the liberty benton and macomb game it was at macomb and they have they do have they are one of the facilities in the bbc that actually does have actual press boxes on both the visitors and the home side the home side is of course bigger but they do have a visitors press box but because of covid spacing and things of that nature they did not have anybody any radio in the 
home side or the away side. So I walk up to the gate as I typically do. I figure I'm on the visitor's side somewhere, whether or not I'm in the press box, usually a different question. But with COVID, I'm definitely a lot more open to all these sorts of things. And he's like, oh, I got to go do something. You'll be in the school. I'll be right back. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I did vocalize this, but I'm like, wait, I'm in, I'm literally in the school. So we went up to the school. We were on the third level. So the vantage point itself was all right. But when you are in a school, there's the obvious size of the desk that is an issue. Because <laughs> as you may know, I am not a small human being. And the guy I broadcast games with, also not a small human being. We were not going to fit in any of those desks. Whether we were going to try or not, we weren't going to try. Luckily, there were two chairs of teachers there that were, you know, regular computer-type chairs you might find in an office. Matt and I both sat in those, and I made sure to mark where both of them were so I put them back properly. We then had we had free reign to more or less do whatever we want. So we had that part going for us. So I moved a couple desks around to be like different tables for equipment and different things of that nature for my prep sheets and things like that. But the problem with the schools is the top parts of windows in most of these schools for, you know, sun purposes and security purposes is blacked out. So if I were to stand straight up, I would be looking literally at a wall. I would not be able to see a thing. If I were to sit down, I was looking through a window view, which was okay, but it would fog up because it's a window and <laughs> it didn't have ventilation if I were to view it that way. And if I were to open the window, my view is then much, much harder to see out of. And I then basically had to, I had to kind of do a happy medium. It probably didn't help my back. I had to basically stand up while hunched over to look through the crack in the window for my absolute best view so I could get the air and still see the actual game because I could see things from that vantage point. It wasn't, that wasn't the issue. It was just getting an actual view from the vantage point. That was an issue, but Matt and I, uh, so we were, we were, you know, a little upset at the situation, but we have to be safe. We have to put the game on. There's different things you got to do in the world of 2020 with COVID. So we, we made made the best of it. It turns out that that uh, that room was a government room, so it, it was. We kind of turned this into a storyline with uh, Macomb because they were starting to use Kayvon Bailey as a running back more. And usually before this game, really, he'd only been a wide receiver. And with the way Macomb likes to run their offense, usually they are more of a ground and, and pound team than throwing the ball through the air. And he's one of their best guys. You know, maybe get him the ball more. So I then went went to Matt, and this was to start off the second half. So we had, you know, just finished halftime. We had had our water breaks. We had our bathroom breaks. We were, you know, ready to go for the second half. And I make the joke of pounding the drums for, you know, pounding the drum. They should pound the drum, give the ball to Kayvon Bailey. Well, we were in a government room. They happened to have a gavel with the little plate thing. <laughs> so I said, Matt, I think uh, think you might need want to use that. I think that's how we're going to come back to start the second half. So we literally had him grab the gavel, sanitize it, of course, grab the gavel, use it to make his point, re-sanitize, place back where it was. So I'd say that's definitely making the best out of that situation. It's funny. You wouldn't think props would come into play, but I did that too <laughs> the last uh, handful of weeks. I started referring to a kid as a train because every time he went through, he just left everything in his wake. And uh, it's sort of become a running joke where I eventually changed his name to the conductor was his nickname, and so I have a little train horn sounder every time that he runs a dude <laughs> over that people listening are probably like, what is going on? If you're not having fun, what's the point in doing it has always been my thing. Um, we, I know Matt's done that in the past. He'll like think of the different car names for different brands, and I, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. I know uh, that the McComb team a couple years ago, he referred to all the different running backs as different sort of sports cars. So that's, that's another thing that it doesn't have quite the sound effect nature right. to the thing. But I think, I think a Keegan Lowe was Keegan the Deathmobile Lowe. Lowe. <laughs> that one came to my head. So he's, 
he's been known to use uh, use things like that to kind of emphasize the skill level of some of these guys. You've got two games coming up this weekend. What are you doing? This weekend, I will be at Arlington when they host Eden tomorrow night on Friday, and we will then have Northwood hosting Van Buren on Saturday night. So, got two uh, two separate occasions of BBC versus the Tack. It's you know different uh, different sort of thing just for me as someone who went to Northwood because of all all those things that of course implies because. I know the, the disrespect that the TAC has had over, you know, my course of my years, both, you know, scout calling games and then when, when I was playing. And it's always been, oh, the TAC stinks, the TAC stinks. Well, if Eden is able to beat Arlington, which is a very good football team, one of the best teams in their region in Division Seven, and if Van Buren is able to beat Northwood, who is unbeaten and has steamrolled everybody, it would kind of then say, yeah, the tack is not as great, but in the same vein, if the BBC is, you know, as good as we think it is, one of the better leagues in Ohio, then it has that. If the tack you have Eden able to win and Northwood both able to win, then it's like, yeah, maybe the tack isn't great, but those two teams, <laughs> they're really something. Well, I wish you uh, the best luck with setting up and uh, with the broadcast this weekend. Thank you. It should. I know. I know. I'm going to be in the back of an end zone at Arlington. <laughs> I think I'm supposed to be in the visitors box at Northwood. Well, for the reasons I already said, be a little, a little interesting for me, just because I think I've been to the visitors section like once, maybe twice in my year. So that would be, would be interesting to call an entire game from that vantage point, to say the least. At the Lance Morris on Twitter, you can find out exactly how this goes on and uh, find the broadcast links as well. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Always, always, always love talking the craft of broadcasting and all the other behind-the-scenes stuff we get to go out, go out and do. Be sure to give him a listen coming up this weekend and back with more here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. A huge thanks again to Nick Wilson, the uh, girls' soccer coach of the Western Buckeye League champion, Rough Riders, Brent Newell, the PCL champion at Lipsick Vikings, and at Lelands Morris, the sports director and the program director at WFOB and at WBVI for being a part of the show this week. I hope that you have enjoyed it. Again, go out, support local high school athletics, be safe, be smart. And I will talk to you next week here on this show back, hopefully on Thursday, as we look at the world of the tournament and so much more. Have a great night and an even better tomorrow. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.